Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. You're with Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson, and we're broadcasting from the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. We want to thank you for tuning in with us and keep, keep, keep watching us and listening to us, and we really appreciate it. Ricky, how'd your weekend go, buddy? Uh, pretty good. I got to go fishing for the first time in the uh, of course, it wasn't snapper season, but, you know, when you're going out there right now, there's uh, a lot of snapper, and you're trying to catch beeliners, so you get caught up in it. But it was a lot of fun. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of fun. I haven't been able to do any, anything like that yet this this springtime, but I've, I've been involved with my, my T-ballers, and, and that has been the most blessing thing I've ever done, I, I guess, Ricky. I've gotten attached to these kids, and we have one more game tomorrow night and we're going after the perfect season and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to get a perfect season ask the miami dolphins yeah. you know or, or you know but anyway it, it, we're 0 14 not afraid to admit it if we don't win tomorrow night we will we will accomplish that perfect season but we have had the most fun i have watched these kids do crazy wondrous things on the field and i think i've been able to help them a little bit me and the assistant coach, Casey Myers, and we've had some fathers that have stepped up, and the parents have been very supportive, and and the kids don't even know what the score is. But That's good. They're so happy. And I, I, I make a point to give them baseball cards after the game, and uh, Casey Myers, the coach, gives them, gives them a game ball, and it's just been a real blessing. We play at Municipal Park where I came up. And it's just been an amazing thing. And on Saturday – I was really impressed with Joey Hutchins and the Mobile Mobsters and their talent showcase that they had over at Hutchfield and Daphne. They had about 30 players, Ricky, and those those players are, are eager, enthusiastic, and and have ambition to continue to play. And had some freshmen out there. Had a freshman from St. Paul's and uh, Tate Farrell. And good player he is. He's gonna grow, he's gonna got some growing to do. His daddy was out there, and that was a cool thing. Is these players' parents were out there supporting. Jamani Jones had a couple three blunt leopards out there, and they came all the way from Chelsea, Alabama. It it was it was a medium sized camp, but uh, Joey Hutchins and Joe Connick and James Hattenstein was out there, and Keith Griffin out of. Uh, East Bruton or, or East Coastal East out of Bruton, Alabama. He was out there. Uh, Chandler Farley, assistant pitching coach at Bishop State, was there, and it was just it was a it was a a lot of mobsters. You had had a new mobster come out, Shane Hale, Tyrone Dixon, Huey Lopez, uh, Steve Watley, and just just it was just a fun day. Coach Jeff Haig with. With Bayshore Christian was out there. It's a it's a really cool facility over there. It's a it's kind of like the Field of Dreams. It's got a cornfield behind it, and it's it's Joey's done a lot of good work there. But but I, I was I was very impressed with that. And and at the same time, University of Mobile was having their their showcase as well. So I don't know how that went, but I'm sure Coach Seymour had it had it going pretty good. So so Ricky, we had couple of high schools that went all the way to the state finals we didn't have any winners this year the UMS Bulldogs uh, they fell short against Ottawa in two games bats didn't come alive I think uh, Olin Ward's mother mentioned in a, in a message that he had the flu and and so that I'm sure he didn't perform to his abilities 
when when that hit him. But but uh, hats off to UMS and as far as they got and, and uh, Kevin Rayleigh were reload over there and and uh, so also you had Spanish Fort Spanish Fort ran into a bus saw with Ozark. And they had some rain delays, you know, on all these games at the beginning of last week and. And they fell short against Ozark, which they were the true state champions. So uh, congratulations to Spanish Fort for as far as they got in the 6A level. UMS was on the 4A level. But tomorrow, next year will be another season. And But, but Ricky, you're, you're getting ready to make a trip to Sarasota, Florida to do some managing down in that college league. Tell us a little bit about that, Ricky. Yeah, I leave uh, Sunday. Uh, we have a team meeting on the 29th, and the season starts on the 1st, and it'll go through like July the 6th. It's like five weeks, and these are kids from all over the country. Uh, we kind of separated from the organization that we, we was in before, and, it, you know, we had a few teams in it that was, wasn't was really strong enough to be competitive in the in the league and what we were lo- really looking for, you know, like the first year, uh, it was really good, good arms and stuff. And that's what really that makes the league is that you've got pitching and, uh, we've been very blessed. We've always recruited well in our pitching staff. You know, we've got a kid at, uh, was a number one pitcher at university of Alabama. Um, in fact, he's still there and, you know, he pitched for us and we had another kid on that team was, uh, he actually started the, the first game of the playoffs. I mean, that's how good he was. And we tried to get Alabama to sign him too, and that kind of fell through. I think he's at Florida State right now, and he's a walk-on. But you know, And he went to junior college and was very successful. But, you know, that the name of the game is, you know, pitching. And uh, when you're playing as many games as, you know, we're going to play five days a week, nine-inning games. And what we'll do, we'll have starters that uh, if they start the first game, they'll play five innings, and then the other kids uh, go in behind them, and then the next day those kids will start. And, you know, we kind of rotate it back and forth. And, uh, we, you know, we limit our pitching to, you know, maybe two innings. Uh, we're not, you know, you're not out there to pitch, you know, the whole game because, you know, all, a lot of these kids are coming from uh, four-year programs or junior college programs, and they already got a lot of innings. But, you know, we've got uh, Jaime Garcia, who is a pitching coach and well, that was with us with the White Sox, very, very good pitching coach. And, you know, he just – he sees things that a lot of people don't pick up and he makes little fine adjustments with them and, um, you know, makes the league that, – that type of stuff makes the league better. And this year we're going to – we've moved down to uh, the Braves complex and we'll play all our games there. And we've got six teams in the league. We've had uh, three other teams, one from Texas and uh, a couple other states that wanted to put players down there because they'd heard about it. And we said this year we want to keep it at six, six teams. Last year we had 12 teams in Sarasota, and we had six over in St. Pete. Now, St. Pete kept their six, but the other group, they kind of kept theirs there in Sarasota. But um, it's called the um, the Gulf Coast Baseball, uh, College Baseball League, and which, you know, was kind of strange because I was thinking Gulf Coast, you know. I mean, that's what we do here. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that the type of players and stuff that we get, we had um, 
I had six players that played at Shelton this year who's going to Junior College World Series. And then I had four kids that was at um, Central Alabama that played for Larry that, you know, a couple of those kids. I think Larry had four kids sign Division One scholarships, full rides. And That's I said, Larry Thomas. That's yeah. your brother-in-law, right? Yes. He yes. made the big leagues. Yeah, he pitched in the big leagues with the White Sox, pitched for me there coach in Sarasota. You, coached with you also. Is- yeah, and he coached with me at Bishop. And, uh, you know, he's he's done a good job there, and it's – it's just that if he had the kid that from El Salvador that we tried to get in there, and uh, he ended up at uh, Pensacola Junior College. If he'd have got him, Larry probably be in the World Series this year. I mean, he was a, he's a quality guy. Probably you know he's got a chance to be a pretty high draft pick. You know, right hander, and uh, the guy that actually worked with us in that league, uh, he's at uh, uh, the academy over there and. Sarasota, he left the feeble organization and went over there, and he's a he's the one that called me and recommended the kid, and he sent me some video, and I sent it to Larry. I said, "You better get this guy. This guy's pretty good. He was ninety five off the mound. Wow! And he was um, anyway. That's the type of pitchers and players that we you know that we have in the league, and you know we're trying to we want to make it a quality league. We got uh, I think like three teams from Georgia and. Um, Three teams from the Sarasota area, so you know it's that'll be it'll be good. And then you're going back playing nine inning games. And the reason that you kind of switch it up is when you're down there in June, it's very very hot, and a lot of these kids are not ready for that. You know that they, they think they want to be pro ball players, and when you play in every day, and that way we can split it up a little bit. Because I, I tell you, Joey, come Friday, I mean the kids are they're struggling to get through it. And by splitting it up a little bit, it, it'll help them. And then you get two days off, but which we don't take any days off. We practice our kids. And, you know, after the game, they'll come in and hit. And I'll probably spend two hours after the game just, you know, with the hitters and stuff, you know, throwing to them. And uh, if they got to go out and take ground balls or whatever. But, you know, we got to have off days, not off days, but days with pitchers. They got to have a side day. They got and last year we weren't really able to do that. Uh, the pitching in the league was down because of the numbers, and we had so many uh, so many teams that a lot of the pitchers didn't have the competition that you know we actually needed. And uh, of course, you know we we had we had pitching, and if we needed a pitcher, you know we could find one somewhere pretty quick. You know, with Al Golis, you know he's a Hall of Fame scout that signed. Uh, he was there with the White Sox for. Uh, five years, I think it was, Joey, and every year their first-round pick is were big leaguers. And uh, Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura, um, a pitcher from Miami. I've, I always leave him out. I can't remember. Her, uh, Fernandez, you know, he right. her, Hernandez. And, you know, they. so their first five picks, you know, that's, they've set a record uh, – for you know, not many organizations when they draft a guy uh, at first round, you can go back and look. Not many of them actually made the big leagues, but Al and Larry Himes did a hell of a job. I mean, it was uh, it was amazing what they did. You know, they brought in a uh, a, a value system, a tradition system, where you know this is what we do in the organization. This is what you're going to follow. We had a dress code. We had a uniform code. We had rules that, you know, run on and off the field. And, um, 
and the players bought into it. At first, they didn't, but you know they they bought into it, and we went from like the twenty seventh organization to the one of the top three organizations in baseball in a matter of a year or two. I mean, it's it's really amazing, you know. And I was fortunate to be on the ground floor of it, and it was yeah fun to watch. And you know, it's just a it, it bothers me a lot when you see the. Um, when I went back and looked at it, and when we had all our coaches, we all bought into it. You know, most of us had been fired from other organizations or from colleges or whatever, and the type of uh, attitude that all the coaches had was unbelievable. I mean, we were all pulling for each other, and we was all on the same page, and and that's what happened when you get very successful and you got other organizations that try to come in and, and get your coaches, and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, we had guys that uh, were very good coaches, and then they ended up, they got a job at the major league level. And, of course, you know, you couldn't blame them. They got a chance to go to the big leagues, and we lost quite a few players. Unfortunately, some of the people that we brought in uh, didn't really buy into the system, and uh, you could see it breaking apart real quick. And, you know, it's a shame that what happened, but, you know, the, what we, the ground floor that we laid there with the White Sox I think they're still benefiting from it. And, you know, that was one thing about Jerry Ronsdorf, a good man, good man. And, you know, he he, he talked to me a couple of times because was, he was afraid I was going to leave. And he personally called me and told me, he says, as, as long as I'm the owner of this club, uh, you got a job. And to show you how smart I was, I walked away from it. <laughs> <laughs> And I shouldn't have done that, but yeah. It, but I went to where Al and uh, Larry Himes, you know, they brought me into the organization, and that was one reason that you know I left. You know, I I, I was loyal to those two those guys that gave me an opportunity where nobody else was. And I mean, I was in pretty bad shape at the time. You know, I'd gotten fired from South Alabama and didn't really have anything in baseball, and you know, I had a chance to do scouting, but I didn't want to do scouting at the time. I wanted to, uh, you know, stay on the field. And Al gave me that opportunity to stay on the field. You know, and I'm, and I'm still loyal to Al Goldis today, you know, for, for what they did for me. And then, you know, we go over to the Cubs, and it was probably been a great situation over there also. And unfortunately, uh, not one of my favorite players, and which might be a lot of maybe even your favorite player, was Ryan Sandberg. And Sandberg had a little more power than the general manager did. And that was the time that the, um, they were going through uh, the, the strike. And Mark Grace wanted another contract. And and Larry, and of course, he'd already been told from the front office they couldn't negotiate contracts. And uh, Ryan Sandberg basically threw him under the bus. I mean, I don't, man, I don't really care if Ryan Sandberg was sitting right here now. I'd tell him, you know. I mean, he was uh, he was he was close friends to Mark Grace, and that's because Mark Grace saved his ass every time a, bop, a pop up went to right uh, over his head. Mark Grace would go catch it. He was, you know, a very very good defensive player, and the reason they brought Mike. Uh, Mark Grace up to the big leagues because you had Dunstan playing shortstop, and when he threw the ball across yeah, the rocket. end, didn't yeah, know where it was rocket. going. Yep, he he and, and Mark Grace number saved one draft him. Choice. That's correct. I mean, he was a good player, and you know, I I never but he really was erratic. I remember that. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, he threw the ball all over the yeah. place, 
And Mark Grace saved him, you know, a ton of errors. You know, kept him in the big leagues for a longer period of time. But, you know, that's where Sandberg, he was – as you can tell, he, he wasn't one of my favorite players. I mean, I you know, I talked to him and stuff like that. I mean, because, you know, I was working for the Cubs. But, you know, he – You know, they he talk was, about he took Sandberg as uh, – I think he came up with the Phillies and the Phillies yes. traded him or or something happened. And it, they, a lot of you people used to say that that was one of the – Billy's biggest mistakes because he was a good second baseman, good hitter, but but I, he was I never soft. was. Yeah, I, I never was a big fan of him. Fan of of Ryan well, Sandberg. See, he, Sandberg played third base, and then when they brought him over to the Cubs, you know, he mar- yeah, I mean, he, he, he's a big guy, tall. Way. Oh yeah, yeah, he he's a big guy, you know, soft. Yeah, and he and that was one of the things that Stanky told me, and that was before he went with the Cubs. Said you know, I never saw that guy staying in there on a double play. He got he got the ball and got out of there, and and then when I got over there and I found out all the stuff that you know with Mark Grace and then I started really watching it. If a ball, I don't know if I've ever saw Mark Grace. I mean, uh, Sandberg catch a pop up that was between the right fielder and second base. Mark Grace went over and caught all those balls. So yeah, you know he had That's a, a tough play for a first base. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. I mean he he was a good defensive first baseman. Yeah. You know he was a he's line a good drive hitter guy. too. Yeah. yeah, line drive guy. He smoked a pack of cigarettes and really? oh, maybe two in one game. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he Mark was you know he was okay. You know he was he was a nice guy. But you know I've I've always re, always resented that part. You know with Ryan Sandberg. You know that you know he, of course you know he when you're you build the whole organization around one guy that's right. what happens. You know and that was he was there, the one guy that actually. Uh, he put up a lot of home runs at second base, and that was one reason. You know, he's you know Hall of Famer. But as you know, it, you, you, he just wasn't that that hard nosed second base shortstop type guy. You know that that stayed in there and battled you. And, and come to find out, I think it was that I think the Phillies might have put him in there, and he missed a pop up or something, and uh, that kind of you know they probably figured him out from the beginning. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, back then it was. And then he plays in he plays in Wrigley. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> you know, you get when the wind's blowing up, all you gotta do is hit a fly oh, yeah. ball. It's out of there. And you know, there was a cool thing back then, you know, as in the in the mid eighties, uh the WGN had Chicago Cubs, Harry Carey and the Braves at T B S and and uh Pete Van Warren and and um, and just it was it was just a, it was it was good for baseball back then. I was I, I mean I, I used to uh, record games on VHS, you know, because I was ready to see them again. And I, I, I love baseball just like everybody else that's, that's listening here. But uh, the game's changed so much. I, I'm not going to go negative on us, but but uh, I miss those days, Ricky. Sure. You know, sure, and, I do too. And and But, you know, um, that's some good stuff right there. And I failed to mention earlier, listeners, and don't go anywhere, t- tune in, stay tuned in. We got a, a, a guest, a special guest. We've been talking about him last week. We have Pete Rose, Jr., on, on the radio tonight with, uh, with us, and we will have him on the phone here in just a little while. Ricky just gave us an update about his trip to Sarasota. He does this annually, and I know you look forward to it every year. And, yeah, it's a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, uh, we're going to miss you, and we're going to hope that our, our producer, Nick Wiggins, in there can – 
can work up some kind of three-way conversations with whatever we got. And, and you know, you may have some people, Al Goldis, and some people we can talk to down there, give us a report from Sarasota, Florida. But, um, Ricky, you, and I want to thank you in, uh, in front of Wednesday. Uh, and go ahead and thank you now for, for being the, the guest speaker at our Midtown Optimist Club Awards Luncheon. It's the final luncheon of the season. It's the fifth one. And we're going to award the, the player and pitcher of the year from Mobile County and from Baldwin County. And those, those four, four players are considered our fabulous four. And then we've got eight more that I consider our elite eight. And you take the fabulous four and elite eight, combine that, do the easy math, and you got the terrific 12. So <laughs> this is what uh, – uh, uh, in the corner, in the catcher's corner with Joey Warner, which was came up with with by Danny Jennings, that's that's what you got. Something made up like that, but supported very well by the, the Midtown Optimist Club. But I want to mention these guys real quickly, and and we can elaborate on some of them if, if you would like. But uh, the the Mobile County Player of the Year was Edward McLeod out of St. Paul's. He's a sophomore. We've had Edward in the in the studio down here, and and he's just he had an excellent run there in, in the in the playoffs. And and Ricky, I, I surprised you on that one, didn't? Yeah, I? you did. You did. <laughs> yeah. I waited for that because I, I know you give him hitting instructions like a lot of these other guys, and and I know that y'all stay in con we're staying in contact. But I, I I threw a curveball at you, and and when you found out, uh, I, it, it was surprising to to uh, Edward, and and but and it was and I was just I was waiting for that call to, to you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Edward Edward hit four fifty four. He had fifty one hits, uh, uh, nine home runs. He led he led the counties and with nine home runs and forty six RBIs, thirty nine runs scored, and he just had a tremendous season and. And we were we were really glad to 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 name him Player of the Year because he definitely earned it. Yeah, he did. And and uh, over in Baldwin County, the Player of the Year uh, was Trevor Murphy, out of Baldwin County, Baymanette, Baldwin County Tigers. They had a hard run of it. It seemed like after uh, their coach Trent Higginbotham came on this show, everything went downstairs. But but Trevor had an outstanding season. He's an outstanding player. He's an outstanding young man. He's coming to Bishop State next year to play with James Hattenstein. He hit 451 with 46 hits and 14 doubles. Uh, and he was hit by a pitch 14 times. And, and, and on the mound, he was 6-3 and three with six complete games. So he, he, he was a major leader with Baldwin County. And, and uh, the, the – the, the pitcher of the year for Mobile County, that was a pretty close call. With, uh, but the winner was Bryson Golf out of Sarah Land. He's eight and one with a two point zero eight ERA and ninety two strikeouts and six complete games. And South Paul, I think you've seen him pitch a yes. little bit. And I used to hit with him. Yeah, you, you said. I think you said you used to coach him with <laughs> yeah, since he was ten years old. Yeah, when he was. Uh, at Dead Red there in Saraland. Well, a couple of guys that I knew that actually one of them played for me, and uh, Corey Robbins. So 
they had that little hitting facility, and his dad would bring him in. His dad's a big guy, and he's uh, – I was at a girls' softball game, and his uh, daughter was pitching, and I walked up, and I was watching them play, and he said, you don't remember me. I said, yeah. I said, you look very familiar. <laughs> I, I can't remember names anymore. I remember faces, but no names. But he, he was telling me about his, his son, and I was surprised. I mean, he, he said, man, he's really, really gotten better. He looks good. Uh, on at the he's he's a pretty good hitter too. He hit three ninety one, and uh, and as you know, had twenty five hits. You know, for for a pitcher, that's pretty good. And then we had uh, Baldwin County pitcher of the year was uh, he's just been tremendous the last three years. Josh Gunther out of Bayside Academy, signed with number one team in the nation, Wake Forest. He was ten and one with a zero point seven three ERA. That's the best best around. And 97 strikeouts. And then he hit 355, eight doubles, four triples, five home runs. And, you know, very productive at the plate. So that, that was our fabulous four right there. And then we, we, had, we went to the Elite Eight and started out with Olin Ward out of UMS Wright. Olin, uh, just a, a role player, you know, as a, as a hitter and a fielder and a, and a stopper on the mound. Olin tailed off there a little bit uh, toward the end, but ended up at 373, 53 hits, had 142 total at bats, and uh, four triples and three home runs, 10 doubles. And then when he went out on the mound, which was sparingly, when they needed him the most, good coaching by Kevin Rayleigh, he, no, no, no decisions, but he was, had six saves, 19 strikeouts and 15.2 innings, and a 0.1. Eight nine ERA, so congratulations to Olin Ward, Connor Gear out of Gulf Shores, is another of the eight. He hit another uh, combination hitter batter hitter pitcher. Uh, Connor hit four sixty two forty nine hits, forty RBIs, stole fourteen bases. He was five and two on the mound, one point nine one ERA, eighty strikeouts and four complete games. Only struck out eight times in 122 plate appearances. Wow. I like that. And then we had Brooks Womble out of the Sarah Land Spartans. And he hit 404, 46 hits, 10 doubles, five triples, three home runs, 42 runs scored, and he stole 33 bases and 40 attempts. And had an outstanding season with a 524 on base percentage. And here's another one, Pierce Dutton. At a Spanish fort, who is going to play for Coach Larry Thomas at Central Alabama? Right. No, no, I'm taking that. To take that back. I'm totally wrong. Totally wrong. He's going to Shelton State, oh, you know, okay. in the, the team that you said is going to the College World Series. Forgive me for that, but Pierce hit 460, 57 hits, 17 doubles, led both counties in doubles, a uh, couple of triples, couple of home runs, 41 RBIs, stole 22 bases. Connor Gatwood. I think he's already signed with South Alabama. He's from Baker Hornets, hit 447, 55 hits, 15 doubles, 39 RBIs. On the mound, he was 6-2, 2.75 ERA with 73 strikeouts. That's 73 strikeouts and four complete games. Big, tall guy, still growing. And here's another surprise. Uh, Cole Dean, another sophomore from Bayshore Christian, Hit 435 with 40 hits, eight doubles, six triples, five home runs. I love to see a hit, hitter that can get those doubles, triples, and home runs. I can put them all together. 41 RBIs, 
Uh, and on the mound, seven and three with three saves. 3.02 ERA, and check this out, 114 plate appearances, four strikeouts. Wow. Good player. All right, these other two boys, they're, they're not young men, but will not be able to be with us on Wednesday. Uh, they're on their senior trip. And Holland Brock, the big catcher from, from Fairhope, uh, messaged me today and said that he wasn't going to be able to make it. And I asked him, I said, well, is, is Brooks with you? Is, is Brooks Brassfield with you? Is, and, and he messaged me back. He says, yeah, Brooks is with me. <laughs> Neither one of us is going to make it, uh, Mr. Joey. <laughs> and so, anyway, I appreciate him contacting me. Holland Brock of Fairhope. And let's look at this. These two guys, teammates, and, of, of course, uh, uh, senior trip partners, uh, graduates, Brooks Brassfield and Holland Brock, both of Fairhope, both hit 476 wow. and led led both counties at 470. Not really led both counties because we had did, did have players that, that did hit better than that, but they they didn't have as many games played and as many right, at-bats right. and this kind of stuff. But anyway, Holland Brock, a big catcher, had 50 hits, uh, 13 doubles, two home runs, 26 walks, 144 plate appearances, Eight strikeouts. I love that. Brooks Brassfield led the led, led both counties in hits with sixty, at, along with that four seventy six batting average. He had thirteen doubles too. I mean, these guys they, <laughs> they, uh, they were pretty, they were neck and neck, pretty competitive, pretty competitive. Uh, Brooks had four triples, had a home run. He scored forty nine runs, and walked eighteen times. He was hit by a pitch nine times. 155 plate appearances, 11 strikeouts. I love this. And on the mound, he's another one of those stoppers where you need him in the late innings. Four wins, one loss, had a save, 22 strikeouts, a 2.55 ERA. So th there you have it. That's your that's your terrific 12, and we'll honor those guys on on Wednesday at the at the uh, Midtown Optimist Club Awards Luncheon for high school. But uh, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to get Pete Rose Jr. on the mound, Ricky, and so we'll be back with you on the other side. Hello, Pete. Pete Rose Jr. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you doing, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm Joey Warner, and I'm with the the Batters Box of, on WNSP now. Here, and we're a podcast out of Mobile, Alabama. And uh, I've worked with Ricky Patterson down here, and and uh, Ricky contacted you. We got to talking about you a few weeks ago, and he says, "Well, I'll call him." And so I, I thank you for coming on, Pete. And it's, it's right, my pleasure, man. It's, my pleasure. It's a real honor to uh, to talk to you, and as as Pete Rose Jr. You know, and right on, man. And we we all we all know. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be I'll, I'll be straight up with you, uh, Pete Rose, your daddy, like. Millions of other young and old players is one of my favorite players of all time. If he is my favorite player, there's one other player that I came up with in the '70s. I was a Pittsburgh Pirates guys, and that's Willie Stargell. So he, he, him, mm -hmm. and Pete Rose were my two. I, 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 I tried to play like Pete, like all kind of other players, and 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 I'll be straight up with you now. If if you can. Hook me up. We're talking to him one day on this. If we can get him on this podcast or live radio, we do a live radio show every three weeks. So, 
Uh, okay. That would be a dream come true, buddy. But, but I'll, I'll see. I, I'll see what I can do, man. I'll definitely see what I can do. Okay. Well, uh, I, Pete, I think I've, I've seen you play. I know I've seen you play up in Birmingham when you went when you were coming through with the Barons, and I, I saw you at Hank Aaron Stadium, uh, I, probably with the Barons as well down here in Mobile. Mm-hmm. And and you had a really good career as in the minor leagues. You made it to the big leagues. That's an inspirational. A video on YouTube when you get the base hit, um, ripped it down the, off the glove of the first baseman, definitely a base hit, and your daddy's up in the stands sitting next to Marge's shot. That was a proud moment for your father, buddy. Oh, it was, it, you know, it was funny. I, I, I had a dream about that. I was I was in Chattanooga that year, and that's when I had my breakout year. I totally changed I think you had 26 home and, runs. And everything. And I was, at, I was in Chattanooga, and I dreamed about that on the bus. But the only thing that happened was it hit off Jeff King's glove. I dreamed I was going to have a double and obviously fly head first in the second and, <laughs> and, and come up and, you know, whatever, whatever. But it was uh, really inches from, from that kind of happening. But it was, a, it was a great day, man. I was, you know, at home and I grew up, I grew up here and, you know, I, mean, I knew every kind of, you know, nook and cranny in that stadium and all the other good jazz. It's not like I was playing in front of, you know, 40,000 family members. It was awesome. It was great. Wow, that, that that's good stuff. And, and you know, I, I've seen all the pictures on on the internet of, of your dad when when he had you as a child, dressed up in Cincinnati Reds uniforms. And I could just imagine all the players that you met from the Big Red Machine and and and, and the other place teams that your that your father went to, the Expos and the Phillies. And and uh, yeah, there's so many things that, that that we can reminisce about your dad, but. But, again, you were a good player. You had that breakout year. Didn't you hit 26 home runs that year with Chattanooga? Yeah, I hit 25, drove in 100, and had, uh, thir- I think, 30 doubles. And I, and I went to the big leagues um, that year. I, I, it's funny. I, you know, my whole career, um, even when I played for Skip in, in 91 in Sarasota, I always tried to hit like my dad. I mean, I, I was, you know, it's funny what, what you just told me before about him. You know, I, I can say that about everybody, including myself. I mean, I wanted to be my dad through and through, my idol, and you know, obviously he's my dad and everything. And you know, I just remember we uh, we changed our we changed the way I was I stood, we changed the way I thought, uh, we did everything in the winter. I got in the weight room, and um, you know, he's like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta get out of the crowds, and you gotta start you know trying to drive the ball." And um, you know, things just kind of took off. I signed as a free agent with the Reds, and um, you know, they say the rest is history. So it was a it was a great year. I remember. It's funny because, uh, you know, playing against Mobile, I owned them that year. I think I hit like nine homers against Mobile. I think, uh, uh, God, Dave, um, I forget the manager's name, um, was with the Bay Bears. They had, they had a really good staff. Clement was on that staff. Matt Clement? Uh, Runyon was yeah. On that, yeah, Matt Clement. Uh, Todd Runyon was on that staff. I mean, they had a really good – I think uh, – I'm trying to think – I mean, they had, some, they had some guys there, but it was funny. I used to love going into playing Mobile – um, I don't know what it was, but you know, it just it, it, that was the team that I clicked most against um, that year in '97. It was a great ballpark. I mean, hot as can be, but you know what? A great place to play. I mean, just a great ballpark. Surface was great. Um, fans were great. Um, you know, it was super hot. Obviously, you know, being in the South, um, you know, but uh, it, it was a great place to play. And it's funny then then you fast forward to 2000, and I played with the Phillies. And actually, a guy I played with, David Francia, is from down there, down your way. And, you know, we, we reminisce about, you know, um, I think he was in college or something when I played there in 97, um, talking about everything on how he used to play at, at Hank Aaron. But it was a great stadium. It was a great atmosphere. 
in Mobile. I tell you, I loved it. Well, you know that's that's interesting. You mentioned Dave David Francia, and uh, as a matter of fact, we we were all fired up. You know, I know you had an, a, an engagement last week and you couldn't come on last week, but we promoted it. You know, Pete Rose Jr., Pete Rose Jr., and yeah, I, yeah. and I, I I actually messaged David the the link to the show because the show comes out, it gets uploaded on Tuesdays, and okay. and, and before the, David when David said that he messaged me and Ricky and 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 uh, group text and was telling us that that he had just recently you and him had just recently texted back and forth a few weeks before, and you know that yep. y'all were reminiscing on some of your days and. David, uh, his brother Jimmy, who passed away unexpectedly three years ago, mm-hmm. we played on the same high school team, and uh, David was four years old. And Pete, the, I could see it in D- David's eyes that he was going places, and he was so close to the big leagues that that, mm-hmm. that, that and you know he was in a, every spring training for the last four or five years. I think he was down there with a the big club, but he was just so close that. It, it, but he had some good things to say in his text about about, and it was really he was really excited about us making contact with you. But one other thing I want to uh, reminisce about, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, but I I saw where, and not many people realize this, but you were part. You started what was a cycle of home run or of home runs, and and yep. and, 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 and and people don't. I, what I'm saying, a cycle of home runs. And I had to read it to understand it myself. You hit a solo home run. I don't remember. You remember where I, where it was, I'm sure. But you hit the solo home run, and then somebody hit a two-run homer. Then somebody hit a three-run homer. Then somebody hit a grand slam, all in the same inning. Am I right on that? Is that is that correct? Correct. It was, um, it was 98, and it was in Pawtucket, and it was off Dave Fleming. And the funny part about it was this um, – I, for from '97 on, and even in the big leagues, if you watch my first at bat, the first pitch I take, you know, I always told my dad, I, I always emulated him with the best of them. So I used to, I used, to, if I was taking a pitch, I'd used to get down this crouch. And then I remember, you know, one day, you know, he got, you know, he got all jacked up. He said, "Hey, why don't you, why don't you just ambush somebody one day, just, to, you know, because I would take a pitch, you know, first. First, first pitch of the game. You know, my first at bat, and you know, da 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 da. So, I it, it was a. I think it was a. It was a, the third game of a three game series, and I came up with a Dave Fleming left hander pitching the big leagues with the Red Sox. I got in the crouch, and he just you know oh, he's taking here it comes he grooved the BP fastball, and let me tell you something. I just let it loose from the crouch, and I surprised myself. But yes, that inning happened to where. You know, I think Glenn Murray was the one that hit the grand slam in the inning. I don't know who hit the other two, but I started it off, and it was funny because when when we talk about it and when people ask me about it, I, I ambushed him because I was in my dad's stance. I think that's the first time you know I've ever hit a home run in his stance from you know kind of switching and going back to it. But it was priceless. I and mean, you know, the old Pawtucket, it wasn't one that won a really big part. But um, yeah, it was Dave Fleming was a left hander. We played Pawtucket, and um, you know they'll have a trivia question down at the ballpark. Um, every once in a while, or like on the radio, you know, they'll say that. But that was a cool inning, just because I've never, you know, I don't, I've never been a part of anything. I've never even heard about it until somebody, I think somebody told us like a week later or something. Hey, you guys know what you guys just did? And you know, we didn't, we didn't know any better. We're just, you know, happy to get out of Pawtucket and and head back to Indianapolis. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. It's crazy. Well, you know, like I said, a, a, a cycle of home runs. Not many people. That's a new one. But um, one more thing, and I'm gonna hand you over to Ricky. We we uh. Ricky, 
managed you down at Sarasota in 91 when y'all played, when Bo Jackson was on the rehab. And we, we got to talking about it. And we, I'm just so glad that he was able to get you on here. But one more thing about your dad is, and this actually happened, my mindset happened before it happened because I came up a catcher. And uh, your daddy was with the Phillies, and it was a high pop-up. It was, it was, Bob Boone was moving over toward the first base dugout to make the play. And it must have been sky high because he went a long way to get to the ball. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you're, and I'm sitting there, I'm, and, and you know, that, the camera was on Bob Boone. You know, he wore that big old thick face mask, and he, 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 yep. didn't, have, he didn't have it on at the time. But, but uh, I'm saying to myself, what if that ball pops out? What if he doesn't catch it? I said this. I guarantee you I said this. And the ball popped out of his mitt. And, it, and it, you know, when it popped out of his mitt, it popped up about three foot or two foot, maybe not even that. But guess who was there to catch it? Pete Rose. Yep. I, and, I, and, man, yep. it was just like he made that catch and he just ran to the back. I don't know if he spiked the ball or not that day, but or that night. But that was an amazing play because, I mean, you know, that's the kind of – it, It's funny you say that because I grew up – still to this day I'm friends with, with Aaron and Brett, um, Bob's boys, and it's funny because whenever we talk – and, you know, obviously we call my dad the hit king, and but we call uh, Bob Boone the most, the most games caught king. So it's funny because Bob will actually joke, and whenever I see him, you know, he's like, "Hey, can we talk about that pop up? Where was your dad? Did you see how far I had to go for that ball? I mean, <laughs> luckily he was there. I went a mile and a half for that. I mean, what was your dad doing? Was he did he not see it? Was he lazy? And you, know, they go back and forth, and it's priceless to hear him talk about it. But I remember after he caught it, I, I'm and, and if you watch, if you go back and watch it, I've never seen like my dad is locked in as he as he's been because he catches the ball. He, he starts sprinting towards the pitcher. He does two dribbles like a basketball and then shovel passes it to Doug McGraw and says, hey, we got we got two down and just sprints back to the, the first base. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what's really going on here? I mean, you talk about a guy locked in. But you know what? That's And, and it's funny because when you go back and watch old clips, and you don't see that today. I mean, these guys were locked in. I mean, they played – they played every pitch, and they played it like it was their last. And I just remember, you know, Pops was – I mean, you just, the, the two dribbles off the turf and then the shovel pass <laughs> to Tug McGraw. I, I think Tugger might have thought that my dad was going to tackle him. <laughs> but then he veered – you know, then he veered off because I, that was the same year, you know, he faced Nolan Ryan with the Astros in that long series. And Nolan hit him – I think hit him with a curveball. And he took like five steps, steps, a dead sprint towards the pitcher, and then just veered off to the right <laughs> and sprinted down the first base. You know wow. what I mean? It's priceless. But I remember that play, and we talk about that play, um, you know, all the time. And Bob's great because he'll be like, "Pete, I mean, did you see how far I had to go? I mean, that, that's a that's an easy ball for the first base. What was your dad doing? Was he talking? <laughs> was he not paying attention? And you know, they start laughing about it and everything else. But yeah, that was a. I tell you what, a great series and. You know, that team, that Philly team was great. I mean, I, I don't know if they were as good as the 75 and 76 machine, but, you know, they had some Hall of Famers, and that was a great, great series. And I was there, you know, I was a ball boy, so I got to see it. Um, you know, up, that was my first, you know, World Series up close and personal, and it was like, man, what a, what a, you know, what an experience. And, um, but yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, you talk about them. I, you know, I was always taught, you know, you show up on time and you play the game the right way, and that's playing the game the right way. And, you know, people are kind of getting away from it with this new age stuff and everything. But, um, you know, if you play hard, man, people are going to love you, you know, regardless of if you sink or you don't because you're playing your tail off. So, and he did that. I mean, he played that way every game. And, you know, I, I learned from the best. But, yeah, that play was great. That was awesome. Well, Pete, it, 
again, if if you can get your daddy on, we'll get you you and your daddy on in a three-way with our uh, Nick Wiggins, our producer, get a three-way conversation. We can go back and forth, and I just want to hear his enthusiasm. He'll give this this little guy in Mobile, Alabama, a chance. He came to Mobile years ago and was a grand marshal of a of a, a, a Mardi Gras. Yeah, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And and I didn't get a chance to to to, to see him then, but if, if there's any way you can get us hooked up with him, yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll work on that. I, I'll try my best. I mean, he's in Vegas and. Um, you know, actually just came in for uh, the Yankees were just in town. They just swept the, the red. So he came in uh, Friday and went to uh, – uh, I, obviously, I didn't get to go, but took my son uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, to, the, to the game, uh, you know, they played. And then he flew back out. But, yeah, I'll, I'll work on that for sure. And the thing is, if you get him on, I'm staying out of it because – I'm not going to get a word in. Don't so, so take over. And that's, a wrap. that's great. <laughs> hey, hey, one other thing. I got a I got a, a VHS tape at home, and it's Pete Rose baseball my way, I think, or something like that. And I Pete tells us he doesn't back down from the eight and nine year olds. He's telling them he's coaching them. He's saying this is the way it's got to be played. And, and I love that about you, Daddy. But hey, you know you when you had a good managerial career in in the minor leagues as well. Pete, and I'm going to pass you over Ricky Patterson, another manager. And uh, Ricky, reminisce sometimes with old Pete Rose Jr. here. Well, you know, Pete played the game like his dad. And, you know, he played the game hard. And he was – had a play and, and a lot of emotions. And, and I think that's what Pete today, you know, he watches the game. He's an old-time player because he was brought up to the, the play the game uh, the old way. And you know where you everybody's focused in, and and they're out there. Every every pitch means something. Every ball means something. And today, you know, you just can't relate to it. And Pete, I uh, I know you and I have talked about this before, but you know, you can you know express yourself a little bit and on uh, the difference of the game today. And you know, when you were managing, and uh, you know, give me an idea. Actually, you know, how you feel about it. I know how I feel about it, but I, you know, as you know, if you don't mind, give us an idea about the the way you were brought up and what you see today, and as as a manager and what you saw. You, you know, Skip, I, it was it, it, today's game. It's just it's 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 all about numbers. It's all about information, and and you know, I remember always being taught to just if you watch the game, the game's going to tell you what to do. It's not a hard game. But it's a hard game now because we're worried about this number and that number, and everybody throws a thousand, and you got to drop out all the other stuff. There's, you know, I remember a runner on second. You're, you're getting him over whether it's sitting behind him or push button or you know set whatever it takes. When you get a guy on third, you know you, you're, you're going to drive him in. There, are, you know, you get two strikes, you're going to choke up. You're going to play pepper. You know, that's another thing. Nobody plays pepper anymore. But it's just, um, you know, it's just it's 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 not it's not how we played it. It's not. Um, it's not how you taught me in 91. I mean, you know, I, I, you, you know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I was a brash young kid and, you know, I showed up and I, I got this guy that's a fiery manager and, you know, was riding me from day one. And next thing you know, it, we're in Sarasota and I take a call third strike right down the middle of the plate. And I glance back at the, at the umpire. And next thing I know it, Papa Bear's getting kicked out of the game. And I'm like, yep, that's my guy right there. And ever <laughs> since then, you know, it was history, but you know, it, we, you know, we were just, and, and that's the same thing when I played with you, Skip. It was like, you know what, if if you're going to make an out, be aggressive. If you're going to make an error, be aggressive. Um, we ran the bases aggressive. I remember, you know, you you, you putting in false breaks 
Um, you know, and that was part of our running game to where, you know, hey, if ground ball, we're breaking up too. It doesn't matter. You're going you're gonna to make contact with them. Um, you know, we did whatever it took to win. And I think today it's really only about winning once you get in the playoffs. And then the game seems like they're like 10 hours long. Right. You know, no, starters, starters don't go anymore. You know, we got to play matchups. And, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, these, especially with the Reds here, you know, they platoon guys. People don't realize in, in order for you to make the big leagues, you've got to be able to hit righties and lefties because prospects, as well as you know, Skip, you don't sit. There is no platoon in the minor leagues, but yet when they get up here, you know, the sheet comes out and here comes the analytics and you got to do this, that, and whatever. But it's just, you know, with the bases and, I mean, you know, like we were talking about, the catchers have no chance. You know, they want to do this. They want to do that. You know, my dad said, you know, if you want to speed up the game, cut down the advertising and commercials. Well, they won't do that because that's money, you know, towards the game. But it's just, you know, it's a softer game. Um, you know, guys, you know, they're not built like we were. I mean, they're, they're not willing to get out there and, you know, they, they take BP in shorts. Yeah. I remember, you know, we, we were in the Florida State League in 91. We never took BP in shorts, always pants, pants and a BP top. That's right. You know, socks had to be on right. Belt had to be on. You know, now you see guys coming out with, you know, cut-off shorts, a cut-off shirt, you know, headbands, you know, which is okay. That's a new age and everything. But, you know, I just don't think there's as many um, as many baseball players as there was, you know, back when, when I played and, and, you know, when when you managed and when you played to where, you know, hey, you're a baseball player, so you better be able to bunt, hit behind the runner. You better be able to make the routine play. You better know where you're going. You know, double cuts, bunt plays, pickoffs. You know, all that stuff. And, and you know, uh, and I told you this. And, 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 you know, if people don't know this, you, you were you were a big a big part of my career because of the stuff that you instilled in me just by, you know, what we did as a team. And, and you know what? Everybody was treated the same. We had one set of rules. Um, you know, we, we were always on time. We always played hard. You know, if we lost, you know, we weren't, you know, hey, you know, joking around. Yeah, well, we – I remember you telling us, hey, you guys lose, get, give it 10, 15, 20 minutes. Think about what you did wrong. Think about what you could have did better. Um, you know, and then gather yourself and then get in the shower and leave and, you know, come back with a clean mind. But it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a different game and it's, it's, you know, it's tough to watch just because, you know, they don't play the game and the game hasn't changed. It's like, you know, if you got to get him over, get him over. If you got to get him in, you know, get him in. It's, it's you know, too many strikeouts. You know, you watch games. You know, 15, 16 strikeouts, it's like, you know, guys just strike out. It's like a cool thing to do, do these days to where <laughs> I never wanted to strike out. I mean, you know you know what I mean? It was always two strikes and, you know, put the ball in play and make something happen. And then, you know, now with this launch angle stuff, I mean, why wouldn't you put it on the ground? You got a better chance. It might hit something or hit a rock or take a spin. You hit it in the air. It's a can of, can of corn. You can take a right turn. But, you know, it's just it's just different. And it's just, you know, it's not the game I grew up. It's not It's not the game you grew up playing and loving. Um, you know, and that's kind of sad, but you know what? I think it's going to come back to it because I don't know if this can sustain it for, you know, going forward. I don't, I don't know how long it can, you know, like with the shift. I mean, if you'd have put the shift back on our team back in 91, we would have killed you. Yeah. We just sat there all day and went through the hole. If not, we'd have bunted through the hole. Yeah, they have <laughs> to bunt it, now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, it's just, if not, we would have came out the next day and we would all gotten in the cage and we would all hit the ball to left field or hit, you know, where the shit, where they're shifting us. But, you know, they don't do that anymore. So, I don't know, Skip. It's just it's, it's kind of frustrating. But, you know, I'm a baseballer like you. I love watching it. I love being around it. Obviously, my son, and, you know, he loves it. And, you know, watching him and, you know, he plays the right way. And, you know, I think if, if you take that attitude to be on time and play hard, 
you know, like, like we did for you. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it'll take care of itself, but a lot of guys don't know how to do that. They really don't. And a lot of guys are selfish. Well, I, I think that's what's going on a lot today in, in baseball. They see, you know, the, what, what goes on at the major league level and the colleges are kind of adapting to what's going on there instead of actually playing the game. You know, it's, it, it, I, I don't know exactly. You know what a lot of these college coaches are teaching, and knowing, uh, you know, they, it, there's only one way to teach, in my opinion. I guess I'm old-fashioned. Is that you know you, you teach the game the way that uh, the game should be played. You know, being mm-hmm. able to hit behind runners, just like you said, you know, it, Pete, it was amazing. I sat here and I had the biggest grin on my face, and I was so excited by you know what you were, what you were actually saying of what's going on at the major league level. And you know you're you're there right there in Cincinnati, and you get an opportunity to go to the games a lot, and you see it. And you know it's it's disappointing to a lot of the fans out there, and a lot of the listeners that's on our show, that you know they yeah. they're yeah. old they're old fashioned baseball people. But you've got another we got another Pete Junior coming up, and he's going to yeah. play for my son in law, which you know you played with Larry with the White Sox, and he's going to go play for him. And I'm trying to – I hadn't told Joey, but I'm trying to get you to come down there and help and be a coach on uh, – of course, we got two teams and, you know, to be there, you know, you can so you can actually see your son. But, you know, get the information. What you're talking about is what we talk to our kids about down there and, and, uh, and when they're playing, at, you know, college programs and stuff. But, you know, trying to teach them the right way to play the game. You know, there's right. little things that you do. You don't take a call strike three fastball. No. If it's a call strike three curveball, you won't ever see me say a word. But don't take a call strike three fastball. You know, Skip, it's funny. It's it's when when I when I managed your grandson, it was amazing on how much further he was as far as a baseball mind to where it's, I always remember, I always remember my dad telling me, if you're going to manage, especially in the national league, you gotta, you gotta manage three moves, three moves ahead. And I remember when Toby came, um, you know, and he, what a joy to have, what a great kid, what a hard nosed, you can tell he's a Patterson and I'm a, I wear, I wear Larry out. He's not a Thomas. He's not a Thomas. <laughs> a, 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 a Thomas were pitchers. I said he's a Patterson, and and what I mean by that, you talk about a hard nosed kid. You didn't have to tell him to get the run over. You didn't have to tell him to get in. You didn't have to tell him, you know, get here, get there. You didn't. He was brought up the way I was brought up, the way he was taught, you know, the game the right way. And you're exactly right. It's 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 um, you know, it's sad. I mean, it it it, it really is, and it's and and there's really no way to play. There's only one way to play it, at least in my opinion. I mean, that's, I don't know any different. And I, I guess, you know, I, 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 I take when I managed, you know, with the White Sox, you know, if, if you know, I got to play this guy when, when I know this guy's the guy that's got to play. And, you know, you get guys that, you know, how it is in the minor league. And I'm sure it's different, you know, than when, you know, I played for you. But, you know, I, I, I sit there and think all the time. It's like I, I would imagine if I came into your office in 91 and say, hey, uh, you know, Skip, what about my uh, load management? What are we going to do with that? You'd probably look at me and tell me to get the heck out of here and go get your uniform on because, I, Skip, I've never heard of that. Uh, you know, they talk about these load, load managements. Well, you take a day off in the winter or your scheduled day off, get in the air conditioning, get off your feet. You know, I've never seen guys that take days off. Uh, you know, I remember my dad telling me, A-Rod, you know, he was texting when he was playing. He was four for four for four in the first game. He calls my dad in between and says, you know, hey, Pete, I think I'm about taking the second game off. And my dad's like, 
You just got four hits. Why would you take the second game off? You've been trying to get four more. You know what I mean? It's crazy. But that's you know, that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing with, Skip. It's crazy. And it's you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's I don't want to say soft, but it's just um yeah, I mean you, you listen, you sign up to play and you play every day. You that's know, there correct. is no days off. Yeah, well, hey, if we got a game, you know, if we got a game and, and, and you know, I remember you telling us and, and, and teaching us, listen, we're here, we're, we're playing for ourselves, but we're playing for the guy to the right and the guy to the left. If I can't make the post, I'm letting that guy down. I'm letting my, my teammates down. And you know what? As a baseball player, I couldn't do that. I couldn't live with that. So if I was, you know, sore, you know, people used to ask me, are you 100%? I think I was 100% in high school. Yeah, I don't think it was ever a hundred percent, you know, in the minor leagues. But you know what? You 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 know, you just get to the post, and you know, you you play through it because you're playing for the guys next to you. You know what I mean? And you don't see that anymore. You don't see guys playing. You know, not too many guys play 162 games anymore. Yeah, I was talking to my wife and telling her that, uh, you know, of course, Tanner Allen. He's from Mobile, played at Mississippi State, and I told her, I said, yeah, they get every Monday off, and she goes, what? <laughs> Said, yeah, she says, we never got a day off in the minor leagues unless you was – and you never did because you was always on the coaching the all-star team. So we never got a day off. And I said, right. yep, we played every day. And the guys were in the lineup every day. It was hard to get out of that lineup. You had to – I mean, the trainer had to come in and say, ah, he's hurt. And that's the only way <laughs> – and you didn't want to come out though. But I mean, I remember right. you know that '91 season. People don't want to realize this. You know, we 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 showed up Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a fundamental and and the uh, the plyometrics and speed and acceleration at 10 o'clock, and then we had to be back for our flip time, and then we took BP, then we took infield, and then we played, and we did that. I think I think maybe we backed off. You know, maybe the the end of August or the middle of August, right. I think they, they backed us off or whatever. But, you know, and it's funny, Skip, I, you know, I told this story, and I'm talking, not bringing them up again, but every game, people don't realize, when my dad was with the Reds, he would, every home game in spring training, he would schedule a B game at Reds land, and he would go down, he would take nine at-bats, play nine innings in the B game, have lunch with the minor leaguers, and then come back up and play nine innings in the A game. Wow. On every home game. And people look at me, no, that I'm telling you, that happened. You can ask him. And that was every home game. And it's funny, I won't say the guy, but I, when I was managing with the White Sox, there was a B game, and a big leaguer came down. Hey, hey, Pete, how you doing? That is, uh, I said, yeah, hey, you're going to get some at bats. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off uh, you know, nine innings. I said, all right, sounds good, but I'm going to bunt nine times. <laughs> and I looked at it, I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna what? Yeah, I'm gonna bump for base hit nine times. That's okay, no, whatever. Hey, I'm just a minor league manager. So Skip, he bunted six six innings in a row, six times. He comes up, he says, Yeah, hey, I had enough. I said, All right, hey, you know, good luck today in the A game. He goes, No, I'm done for the day. And what? I'm like, You're done for the day after you bunted six times, and that's it. And that's that's how you. That, that's the difference from today's game and when we played. Like, you want as many at-bats in spring training. You want as many ground balls in spring training, as many fundamentals in spring training. And that's the thing, too, Skip, is like we used to do fundamentals until our eyes were bleeding. Yeah. If you remember, it was it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at home, in the morning, get them. You know, not, it was either bunts, cutoffs or relays, rundowns, you know, whatever, first and thirds, you know, whatever it was. And it's funny, people don't want to realize outfielders were runners if we were doing the bunts. And we went, we went all out. It wasn't, you know, hey, come in and go 60%, 50%. No, we, we got after it. But, right. you know, it made us better. 
Yeah, and yeah, I think that's a you know you you make a. I remember I forget a lot, Pete, and I'm you know it's what a pleasure it is to you know to to hear hear that and what we actually went through. I mean, I, I you look back and and yeah, you, you we did it, but we it wasn't work. It was more of you know okay, no. this is what we're we're trying to we want everybody to be better. See, in the White Sox organization, I can remember Al and and uh, Larry. They were saying everybody is a prospect, and if a mm-hmm. scout comes up and asks you about a certain player, you know it was always this guy. You know he's a big leaguer, and you know because you never knew who was in the stands that was sitting there and they was trying to make a deal, and they always wanted to talk to the manager to get a feel for you know who's a big leaguer or whatever. You know you went through that, and you know, I know you had mm-hmm. you know other organizations come up and ask you about a certain player, but that's what we believed, and but we also believed that. Every if we work on the fundamentals, we try to take a guy that had two tools and, and make him a three two player, or if a guy that had four, try to make him a five two. You know that was a part of the organization and what we 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 did there with the White Sox. I mean it was a it was a pleasure to uh, go through that. I mean that's what I did at South Alabama with Eddie Stanky. You know that that was the way we went we went about things and I, and I brought that in. You know with the with the White Sox and you know I mean they. They kind of drilled me on uh, what we did at South Alabama, and uh, I can remember sitting in the office with Al Golis, and I, I, he brought me down to Instructional League, and he goes, uh, after a couple of weeks, I was only supposed to be there for two weeks, and he goes, uh, "What do you see?" I said, "You want me to tell you what? You want me to tell you what you want me to tell you, or you want me to tell you the truth?" He says, "If you tell me what I want to hear, I'll fire you right now." And I said, "All right." <laughs> so, so I, I told him what I thought and, and what I saw. And he just kind of leaned back in the chair, and I said, man, I can't keep my damn mouth shut. And and uh, he goes, okay. So I didn't you – know, I got up walked out, and the next day he tells me I'm going to manage Utica. And I went, what? And he goes, yeah, you're not going to be a coach. You're going to manage. And I said, okay. And he goes – and then he, I started seeing implement a lot of the things that what I told him what I saw. And you know what you know what we did, and you know mm-hmm. is and, and you know that's kind of like what you know in the White Sox organization, and you you look at and, and you look at it now, Pete, and you know what we're talking about today. I don't know, I don't go to a lot of college games, and uh, but I don't see that when players come into me. I don't want nobody to tell me uh, about a kid. You know, I want to make the, my own evaluation. Let me see what he can do, and mm-hmm. and, and you know, it, you know, you you experience that. Oh yeah, you're going to get this guy. You know, he does this, this, and this. And I, I remember when I got back in the game with the Mets, and they'd come to me, and I was the outfield instructor, and he goes, um, "Well, look, you know," I said, "Look, look, I don't want to hear nothing." I said, "Give mm-hmm. me, give me two, give me a week or two weeks, and let me evaluate what I see." And then you can all tell me I'm full of crap or whatever, but uh, <laughs> but that was you know that was the way we did things back then. You know we you know you evaluate and you want to you know you you evaluate what you see in the player, right? And, and you know Skip, I'll tell you the difference the difference, and not because I'm talking to you. You know how I feel about you and what you did for me, but I'm not the only one. Like you you generally. You like you gave a crap about us as players, 
and sometimes it didn't come off as that. But if we wanted to hit until two in the morning, you'd have been out there throwing to your arm off. If we're taking, if you want extra ground balls, and all you had to do was ask. And I think the difference now in organization, they won't let you do that. You That's have right. to make a call, and then you have to do this, and yet, well. You know what? Uh, you you're paying me to be the manager. So if I can't take a guy that came into my office and take him down to the cage, well, I played for 21 years. I got over 2,000 hits. I got to make a call to somebody who's graduated Harvard and is talking about a launch angle and talking about numbers, <laughs> but don't know how to fix numbers. Right. Then it's you know then 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 you're you, what what are we doing here? But I just remember you know that year '91. It was like you know you gave like you cared about us all like like it was it was about us as players and like you said nowadays you know rovers will come in and they'll only hit with prospects well how do you do that to the guys that are non-prospects when you don't even know they may be end up being in the big leagues and i remember you know if if it was mike lummer coming in everybody would hit if it was um Gelly coming in, you know, everybody would take ground balls. If we were doing, uh, you know, if, if guys were hitting extra on the field, you know, you'd have it to where it was, okay, two guys this day, two guys, and it was everybody. It right. wasn't just the, you know, the starters or the prospects or whatever. And I think that's really changed to where, you know, and I get it. It's, it's you know, investments and everything else. But, I mean, guys that when I played for my managers, you especially, I mean, you generally care about me, not only on the field, you care, you care about me off the field to where it wasn't about the paycheck to you like it is to a lot of guys in today's game. Oh, you want me to do this? You know, I know it's not good for, for my guys. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Why? To keep my job. Well, if you wouldn't have told me to do this, well, if you get fired, so be it. You would have got fired. But as a player and one of your guys, you would have said, Pete, don't do this. It's not going to do you any bit of good. And you know what? I think that's the, that's the really big difference from today's game to back when 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 I was coming up, the way that you managed, the way that you know you taught it, got, and that's the thing. You know, it was you know as well as I do. Baseball is so it's a it's a unique game to where there's not one way to do it, and there's a ton of ways to do it. And it's just a matter of how you get to do it. You know, I remember you know if our our, our fundamental was a little different. Well, we did the same thing. We just it was just taught a little different and made more sense. Well, why? Well, we took our time. It wasn't like, okay, well, we got to we got to get a fundamental in today. We got to get this. We got to get this. And you just fly by, as opposed to, you know, we're sitting at Ed Smith and we take, you know, all BP time because we're talking about the first and third that we messed up, you know, the night before. Where we're, you know, I remember, you know, you telling us, hey, in the drills, let's walk through it. And I remember saying to myself, walk through it. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? And then, but then it made sense because in the game, when it speeds up, that's when you make the mistake. And I remember, you know, I remember one time I was taking extra ground balls and you look up and say, hey, walk this ball to first base. And I'm sitting there thinking, Skip, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> and sure enough, it made sense because, you know, I was rushing. And once you rush, things speed up and that's when everything goes crazy. But I just remember, you know, we always did it until we got it right. And that's the, that's the other thing to where, you know, that's you caring as a manager, like, Hey, you know, these guys got to know this because Hey, if this guy gets called up to, to uh, Vancouver right now, well, he's a, he's a reflection of me. So I got to have him ready. If he gets called up to, you know, whatchamacallit. And then, you know, you guys were talking about Bo Jackson before, well, he came to us. We played in front of a packed house in Sarasota. You know, I remember it rained Friday. It rained Saturday. They were going to make his play Saturday. You walked out on the field. You took two steps, walked back down. You told all of us, go home. We're not playing in this. They all got <laughs> mad. And then we came back the next day. We played a 12 o'clock game on Sunday, sold out. 
and then we had a 7 o'clock game on Sunday night, which was sold out. And the thing was is you had us ready because, okay, now all of a sudden the national spotlight's on us. And you know what? We're playing just like we're playing in Pompano Beach in front of three people. Right. Because we were taught that way. Not, you know, there was no big stage. You know, we, you know, we, 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 we've been over everything. I mean, the only thing we couldn't do, we couldn't talk to Bo because you told us not to talk to him because <laughs> he's coming down to rehab. <laughs> That's the best. We're, we're all, we're all trying to get autographs and everybody's scared to death because, hey, you can't say anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? Skip said we can't say, okay, hey. Both coming and talking. Hey, how's it going, guys? Nobody said a word. I think maybe uh, Ed Smith might have said something. You know, hey, hey, Bo, how you doing? And just kind of pu- pushing on. And it was just like, and then finally the ice broke and every, you know, everything was fine. But you know, I think that's the difference. It's like, you know, you get guys that you play for that that really care about you. It's, you know, and that's, you know, there's a few guys in the big leagues that you can tell. Joe Torre was was one of them. You can tell he generally loved his guys. My dad, when he managed, he loved his guys. Skip, when you managed, whether it was me or in Utica or with them, you loved your guys, good, bad, and ugly. And you can't find any more because, you know, nowadays it's all about the paycheck. It's like, well, if, you know, if I, like you're saying with Al, if I don't tell him what I want to hear, then I'm probably going to get fired. Well, tell him what you want to hear. I mean, t- tell him what you think. I mean, I, I don't – listen, if it's right, wrong, or different, you know, hey, don't be scared of the paycheck because – you know what, if it's wrong, tell him it's wrong. And then, you know, well, why are you doing that? Well, because I care about my guys. So, you know, I think that's really the big discrepancy. And that's, you know, I just remember, I mean, we can talk about that 91 year forever because I learned, you know, so much, especially coming from the Orioles because, I mean, you know, we were at Twin Lakes and we didn't really do anything. You know, we didn't, do, we didn't hammer fundamentals. We didn't hammer weights. We didn't hammer fundamentals. Um you know, and I just remember just a big culture change. You know, when when I because I, I got traded over at the end of spring training, and I remember, you know, you hey, you're playing third. You let me know when you need a day off. Until then, you're playing third. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is this is good. And then I remember, you know, we had to wear college shirts. I'm saying the same college shirts. But you know what? It's all about being a professional. You're you know you're you're not you're not managing us for a ball. You're managing us for when we get up to you know, Chicago or Cincinnati or whatever. And like I told you, and, and, you know, everybody, everybody I talked to about it, you know, not only on the field, but more so off the field, you know, being a pro, you know, how you go about your business, um, how you play, how you carry yourself. You know, I remember we, we got into Vero, you don't even remember this because you don't remember anything. We, <laughs> got, don't off the, we got off the bus and we, we, we showed up in Vero Beach and I was, I was battling a hamstring and I got off the bus and I got stem on and I had sweats on and shorts and my, my sweats are kind of hanging down a little bit, and, and he ringed my rear like you wouldn't believe. I had a hat on backwards. I did have a collared shirt on, and I just I I looked at him. I'm like, this guy hates me. He really <laughs> hates me. And I'm like, this is and it, and, it, and it went on for a couple of days. He hated my hat, so I, I remember I went to I went to the mall and I bought every NBA team hat and I wore it backwards on purpose but I tried to match it up with a collared shirt because I didn't have collared shirts so I got to buy collared shirts and then like I said once I took the call third strike the rest was history but I mean I remember that but it's just you know you were always doing something for for all of us for later it wasn't so much the Florida State League it was you know being a pro and 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 I think that's that's what's missing in minor league baseball to where, you know, Skip, you should be in the game still, whether it's a, a farm director, you'd be a great farm director or a field coordinator or a triple a, a AAA manager, what a, a rookie ball manager. I mean, if, if I could send my rookies to a guy like you, just an old baseball guy to learn how to play and, and they don't do that anymore. I mean, you go to these rookie ball 
you know, teams, they're all young guys. It's like, you know, I, I give me an old, an old baseball guy that's been through, you know, deep water and, and hell and back. And, you know, that way you're ready for everything. I mean, I think the rookie guys are the, the prime examples that need it the most once they get in, because you can set the tone for them, but you know, nobody wants to do that anymore. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can remember being in uh, big league camp and, you know, it seemed like every year, you know, we'd be all the big league coaches would be there. And then, you know, I was, I was in the meetings and stuff and they were, they were, it's amazing. It's amazing, Pete, how many times that I've heard this is that it, from big league coaches says these guys don't know how to play. So, mm-hmm. and, and I was, I, I, you know, I didn't say anything cause you know, really I was, not supposed to say anything. And then I go down to the minor league camp where I can say whatever I want. And then we have our meetings with all the minor league coaches and the player personnel and everything. And they would go, these guys don't know how to play. And I'm like, holy cow, where's this coming from? And then I'd go talk to the college coaches. I remember talking to Steve Kittrell one time. And he asked me, uh, he was a coach of South Alabama PD. And he, I was talking to him and uh, he goes, uh, you know, Rick says these guys don't know how to play the game anymore. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering where in the world, where is this coming from? I mean, it, are they not teaching anymore? I mean, is it coming from the high school level the, when they're growing up as kids? And uh, I mean, this is all the way to the major league level. And, and I'm just, I was just really dumbfounded that, you know, the kids don't know how to play. And, and, and I, I understand what they were talking about, but, where did we fail in baseball not to get these guys know how to play the game? Yeah, it's it's because it, it, these guys that teach it today, they've never been in the fire. They don't know what it's like to go 0 for 20. You know, I remember a guy I managed, you know, was in an 0 for 15, and, hey, Skip, you watch a couple watch a couple of bats and tell me what you see. I said, well, what about your hitting coach? Well, he just keeps telling me my number's, too, my number's off. Yeah. All right, we'll fix the number. Well, you don't know how to fix it, but you're right. It's, you know, high school doesn't know how to play. But how do you not – you got to – I was always taught the way you learn the game is by playing it. And they don't – you know, kids today, you know, it's video games, it's played for them. You know, they don't play pepper. They don't play pickle, hot box, you know, whatever you call it. They don't – you know, they're not out till dark, uh, you know, playing tennis ball or, or whatever it is. But, you know, pro ball, it's – Everybody's scared to say what they what they want and I scared agree. to teach because if they go wrong, then they don't have a job. Well, I look at it. I'm sure you looked at it the same way. I want to teach them. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong and teach them better. But you know what? If if I see something that they're doing a, a first and third and they're doing it wrong, hey, time out here. I'm going to say something, and I don't care if I get yelled at, reprimanded, sent to the principal's office or whatever because our guys got to know how to do it. And it's funny, you know, a lot of guys don't know how to do that. Right. And, 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 but, and like you're saying, it's, 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 you know, high school guys, you know, they're worrying about winning. So they're not going to sit there and take time to teach. You know, there's teachers that teach from books and videos. Well, how do you teach that? That's right. what's running the game. Right. Hey, how many years you played? I never played. No, I graduated with a whatever analytics degree, you know, and it's just, you know, like you said, it's, it's, how it's embarrassing when you hear that as a coach, manager, hitting coach, you know, whatever. And then, you know, I remember standing up and say, listen, our guys don't know how to hit the ball to left field. Everybody looked at me like I was the devil. Like, what's this guy talking? We don't know how to hit the ball to left field. 
Well, what are we going to do about it? I can get in a cage and show them how to do it, but the minute I do that, I get yelled at because I'm a manager. I'm not a hidden guy. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? And, and that's, to me, I, I, I thought, you know, when I played for you, when I played for, you know, Mark Brown or Phil Wellman or Mark Berry, once the manager, whatever the manager says, that's, that's the law. I don't care. If, the man, if Skip wants to take me to the cage and thinks he's got some, let's go. I'm in. Right. And now you got to go through all these channels and, you know, everything else. I mean, Skip's in charge. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you know this, but some organizations have a coordinator at every level to where the coordinator makes the lineup up, the coordinator sets the day, the coordinator says what fundamental we're doing, and the manager basically doesn't have any say. Yeah, I, I, I had that? heard that. Can you imagine doing that, Skip? No, no. And as I guess I was out at the right time because I, I definitely would have said something. You know, Pete, I, I, I was kind of you know brought up with the White Sox. You know, Al, you know, you were the manager, and whatever you said, that's what you did, and you were in control of your club. And if your, if your club, if your club was not doing what the organization wanted, then you know you wouldn't be there. So you know that's right. why it was fundamentals. I mean, heck, we had a bunt machine set up right behind the plate, and our guys bunted yep. every day. I didn't care. Yep. I said, because I hated to throw BP and somebody bunts off of me. When I throw BP, I wanted somebody to hit. So I set a machine up behind the uh, behind the cage, and everybody had to bunt a bucket of balls every day. Yep. Whether they ever bunted right. in a game, I didn't care. I mean, that was a part of our organization. We taught fundamentals and the simplest yep. part of the game. Yep, you're right, and that's where, you know, Skip. There's some organizations runner on second. They don't even it, don't get them over. What's that? No, drive them in. Well, I, I mean, if if you got to win a game, I mean, how you know these 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 extra inning extra inning rules? How how easy is it to score a run if you're starting with the inning? No outs, a runner on second base, and you know, seldom do you see teams bunt. They never do it. I, you know, I remember my dad saying, "There's something you'll hardly ever see in baseball: runner on first and second. You'll seldom see a guy hit a ground ball to second to get him over and get him in, and you'll see an, and seldom you'll see another guy hit another ground ball to get the guy in. Yes, you'll seldom see that. You 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 always see you know hey I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get all these I'm getting all three instead of just you know and that's I remember being a, a young kid you got to play the game if you have to get him you have to get him over if you have to get him in you have to get him in. There, and there was, there, there's no gray area as far as well. You can get him in, but no, you got to get the job done. Well, and see, that's, and that's like you said, that's what we practiced. We, I remember, we bunted. It, RBP was, we had, I think we had three groups. One group was bunting, one group was base running, and one group was uh, was hit. And I remember our base running session, and <laughs> you know as well as I do because you were in charge. Our base running during BP was full tilt live. We were either working at first, we were working at second, or we were working at third, whatever day. And we always rotated. But I remember run the bases. It's you know, it's not like you see in the big leagues. Let's take the lap around and you know this and that and everything. We went, we ran bases like it was the game. We bunted like it was in the game. We took BP like it was in the game. We took infield like it was in the game. Yeah. And they don't do that anymore. No, I mean I can uh, you know it was hot down there, and I can remember uh, you know I have my base running group is on the bases and that that hitting group. And I would, and when I would throw, and I'd look and see if somebody wasn't doing something, and I'd yell at them and stuff. That yeah, yeah, you know, it was uh, because you know when when you when you're out there throwing in a hundred degrees weather, and it didn't take a whole lot to piss you off. You know, it was. 
no, you're right. No, you're right. I mean, but but you know what? We did it hard because we knew we knew we knew what the. If we did know, you'd sit us down and explain it to us. But we knew that this was important, and and it was yeah, it was an organizational thing. But you know what? I remember you you always saying, "Hey, let's be the best at base running in the organization." At the end of the year, let's look at the stats and let's be the best, or let's be the best at you know getting guys over, or 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 two out, two out, two out, uh, or not you know, two out at bats, or not try, or whatever whatever the case was. You know, I remember you always setting goals for us to like you know, hey, let's be you know, let's be a top team in the organization. And you know what? We we always tried to do that because you know if we did that, we knew we were going to win. But if we won, we know we were going to get scouted and had a chance to move on. You know, the following year. You know what I mean? But I remember you know those base running sessions were, man, they were they were killers. But you know, I mean, they hey, they worked. I mean, you know, the t- typical number, Ricky Patterson number five play runner on third, two outs, got a tough guy on the mound. If you walk, don't stop. Keep running the second. <laughs> yeah. Run the second, it works. Here we go. Oh, I, I, listen, Skip. I got stories for days. I remember like it was yesterday. You don't remember much, but yeah, you you're know. right. I tell you what, any, it's a pleasure, any, Pete. <laughs> anytime you went, like I, I told you the other day, you know, we we lent a guy out named Mike Bradish to the Marlins, who was the co-op team in '91 in, in the in the Florida State League. So we were going there. So he gets on the bus with us. He goes over. He plays that night against us. He beats us. I think he hits a double. I think he had three hits. He hits a double in the eighth and beats us. So we're showering. We get on the bus, and here comes Bradish over to get on the bus. And Skip, hey, man, what are you doing? Well, I'm getting on the bus. What, what bus? You're not getting on our bus. You, you're on the other team. You just beat us, so you better find another way home. And he's staying at our hotel. I think he was room with somebody on our team, but it was priceless. We're all sitting there. Just laughing like this is great, but he, you know, and that's but that's how it was, you know, with, with with Skip, you know, hey, winning was everything back when we played. Now, I mean, you know, being a manager in the minor leagues, hey, well, it doesn't matter if you win. Well, what do you mean it doesn't matter? You you want to teach winning? Yes. You know, and that's that's another thing. Like, you know, I always thought, hey, the first six innings are the players, and then hey, I'll manage the seventh, eighth, and ninth if, if need be. And and you know, when I managed with the White Sox, it was. Well, you can't hit and run. Well, you can't, you know, you can't bunt when you want. You can't, this guy can't bunt because he's a prospect. You can't hit and run with this guy. You can't match up. You can't do anything. You just got to sit on your hands and whatever happens, happens. Next thing you know it, you're, you know, 11 and, and 40 something. Oh, hey, you had a great year. No, I didn't. We won 11 games. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know what I mean? And, and, and they don't, and the, but, but there's other, but the organizations that win, they teach winning in the minor leagues. And I think that's got to be a big part of, you know, hey, if, if you have a team, go try to win the game. If your number one prospect stinks, well, and you can pinch hit for him in the ninth, pinch hit for him in the ninth. Yeah, that's going to happen when he gets to the big leagues. Yeah, it, it, no question about it. I mean, that's you know that's the thing. Like, the, there is no platoon in the minor leagues. You can't pinch hit in the minor leagues. Well, you can't hit and run. And I mean, why can't I put a hit and run on? Yeah, I remember putting a hit and run on, getting a call, you know, from the farm director. And I'll leave him anonymous. But I remember getting a call from the farm director, and he goes, "What are you hitting and running for?" I said, hey, "Listen, I wanted him not to think at the plate. I wanted him just to see the ball and hit it." He actually lined to the second baseman, which was double play. We ended up losing the game. He's like, you can't hit and run right there. I said, I'm hitting and running because I'm thinking as a guy, I'm not hitting and running to hit and run. I'm right. trying to get his mind off of everything else, his load, his this, his that. And sure enough, oh, there's the ball, boom, line drive. He's right back. Right. And you get reprimanded. It's like, okay, I guess I can't do that anymore. You know, but it's, it's, 
it's 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 stuff like that that when you watch TV, you know, you don't see a good ball game. I mean, you know, p- position players pitching all the time. What are we doing? I mean, what's what? I mean, if you if you put a position player in the pitch against me, we're going to fight. <laughs> we're going to fight. That's embarrassing. I mean, you know, you embarrass one of my, you know, these guys, you know, all this show ball and all the, you know, you're going to embarrass one of my, we're fighting. We're fighting. You're going to, you, next guy's going to get it. You're going to taunt us or, hey, go ahead, celebrate. But next guy, next guy up's going to wear it. And I, Skip, you were, hey, there's the thumb. There's the, there's the flick. <laughs> Third, I remember Sipiki and me used to kind of take two steps and creep started creeping in just in case something happens. Here it comes. We all look at each other. Yep, here we go. But you know what? It's it's not about, you know, we're not going to be embarrassed. You can beat us, but, you know, you're not going to embarrass us. All right. You, you, had, know, to, you had to play the you game right. the game. And, yeah. You know? Yeah, I can, I can – I remember, you know – now that you know you brought things up like this, I had a guy tell me he said you can't. Uh, well, Dallas, I don't know if you know Dallas Williams. Dallas comes in, of course, and Dallas tells me said, "Hey, Rick says uh, you can't uh, false break anymore." I went, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah," he said, "You can't false break anymore." And I says, "Oh, okay. Well, you know that's what they don't want you to do that anymore." I said, "All right." So I thought about it a couple of days and to come back in. I said, I got a question for you. And he goes, oh, heck, here it goes. <laughs> and I says, uh, do you mind if I got a runner at first and third, if I can false break at first? And Dallas goes, well, why would you want to do that? I said, I want to know if, if they're covering or they're not covering. If they're not covering, then I'm going to steal the base. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's in that in that what you want is like a like a minor league manager or, a, or you want your guys to see that. But it's funny, Skip. That's that's stuff that me and you see, and and the average person doesn't see that, doesn't even think about that. And and I, I attribute that to we we've always paid attention. We've always paid attention to the game when you can try to figure out okay what what are they in here? here let me let me stare at the let me stare at the third base coach. I'll have his signs in about an inning and a half. That's right. Or let me stare at the let me stare at the catcher. Or let me you know let's, let me get a runner on second base. And you know hey yeah is it ste- are we stealing signs? No, that's part of the game. If you want to tell us what's coming, you know we'll let somebody know or whatever. But that's just part of paying attention. That's right. And they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean you know? that that's a legal way to do it. I mean, they, you know, yeah, people have been right. stealing signs for, for years. We were in uh, West Palm uh, playing the, uh, the Expos. And I, I'm trying to think of the manager. Anyway, you know, uh, everybody looks into the, you know, the catcher looks into, we got a runner at first, and they look in the dugout, and uh, they got a throw over sign or whatever. Well, you know, we had, we had the signs. They had a tough lefty pitching against us. And I told Barney at first base, I said, Barney, I said, don't even look. I said, all I want you to do is just look at the pitcher and cut your eyes over. And they said, this is a sign. And when he's going to throw over. And when he's not going to throw over, you give him a verbal sign. Well, that lefty, we had him so frustrated that night. I think he pitched in the big leagues. (laughs) And uh, after the game, the manager goes, man, said, y'all do a great job on – uh, reading lefties, he says, "How do y'all do that?" I said, "Ah, oh, we know we're just lucky, but we had his signs in the first inning, so we knew exactly when he was going to throw over." But you know that <laughs> that wasn't crazy. cheating. I mean, if he, hey, look, you got to be a little smarter than that. You know, Roger Lafrenswaa, right. I managed against him in the New York Penn League, and every time he put on the sign, he'd back down in the dugout. So every time I saw him back down, I knew something was on. 
So all of you know, I just I told everybody on the team to so just watch the manager. You'll know when he's going to pitch out or whatever because he steps back in the dugout. Well, the pit, you know, we stole 176 bases in 79 games, and everybody was like, "How in the world are you guys doing that?" <laughs> so well, we know the signs. <laughs> It's, it's and it's and the, you know the whole. I remember my first my first year. They were trying to tell me the rule about playing behind the runner now. So 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 the the, the new school would and you you'll love this is I don't know if you ever even heard of this. You know when we played, if you if you played behind the runner, take the base, steal, yes. run all you want, run all you want. If yep. you hold them on, you know that's when you know. Hey, if if we're up, you know obviously you know that's another thing with the score. You know you're down grand slam and a homer can't beat you. You're probably not going to run. You don't want to embarrass anybody. You know, nowadays everybody wants to run and whatever. But they they told me that if you play right behind the runner, that the runner can't run. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute. But if he plays back, you can run. Well, okay, so. You expect to play behind them, not give us the hole, right. and not run. Right. So, right. so, <laughs> but if you play, but if you play back, we can. It, it's a, it's the most wild. Like people just try to reinvent it, like just come up with new stuff, like all the time. It's like, really, what are we doing here? No, if 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 I play behind you, you want to run, you have, you may get hit. I mean, it, that's just how it is. If I play back, right behind them or whatever. But I asked our guys. I said. Well, why would we play right behind them? Well, so we don't run. So why don't we just play on on the base? Well, because we're down by this much. Okay, then why don't we play behind them all the way back? Well, because and it's just you start to get confused because okay, if you want to, if you don't want him to run, you hold him on. If you don't care if he runs, you just play all the way back because you're playing for outs. And then once you say, oh, aren't we playing for outs here? Yeah, we are. So let me, I'll get back to you on that one. Next thing you know, you never hear back. So then you're back to square one. Well, I'll give you one last story. I was in the New York Penn League my first year managing. And we didn't have a whole lot of pop in the lineup. We, they were all about 5'10", 5'9", 5'10", type players. And one thing that we did have, we had a lot of speed. So we were getting beat, you know, seven, eight runs in late innings, and the uh, manager tells the first baseman to play behind him. I give him the steal sign. He steals second. Next guy gets up, steal situation. He plays behind him. We steal again. We stole like four or five bases. They're playing behind him. Well, the next day at the plate, he comes to the plate, and the umpires are there, and he says, you're going to get somebody killed. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be running – when you're down seven runs, I said, let me, let me tell you something. I said, if you're up seven runs and you play behind my runner and you don't want us to run, then what do you want me to do? Just pack the balls and the bats up and you automatically win? And we, yeah, almost, right. we almost got in a fight at the plate. But I said, we see, you got it backwards. If you're, yep. if you're losing, you do everything you can to win. And if you're going to play behind him, I'm the one that's taking the chance. You can pitch out anytime you want if you want to throw him out. But, uh, 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 and he got all stumbled. I, I can't tell you the guy's name. I know his name, but I won't tell you. <laughs> but we almost got a fight at the plate. It's funny you say that because we were playing. I remember this. Like we were playing in Great Falls, and we did exactly the same thing. And I and I, I remember because we were playing the Brewers, and I won't say who the manager's name was. Every time we played behind, they would just take off. Two two outs in the ninth. I think we were up by four or whatever it was. 
and, and we we talked about this going. They were, we were it was in Great Falls. We were playing against Helena, and I told these guys, "Listen, when we play, if we get up on this team and we play back, if I come out and I just I do something with my hands, I'll look at the cat. You're going to pitch out the next pitch. Skip ninth inning, two outs. We play back." Guy takes off running. He's got this bag. We pitch out. Throw down the second. Game over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you just said, if you want to, if you want to pitch out, you can pitch out all you want. Fair enough. Play back. We're taking it. Okay, that's fine. Here, boom, pitch out. Yeah. That's... I got yelled at for it. What? What are you doing pitching out? We just won a game. I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> and, and they we... criticize <laughs> you for pitching out. <laughs> yeah, I got oh, yelled at boy. for pitching out because we were up by we were up, I think we were up by like seven or eight, and there was a prospect on the mound. And you know he's trying to get a clean inning um, or or something. And I remember why did you pitch out there? I said I said such and such. I said I knew what they were doing. The game was over. I said we, we, we need to win. We were I think we were going for the we we're going for the you know the, to to clinch or whatever. They were in second. I said the game was over. Well, you can't do that. I said why can't I do that? Right. I said the last time I <laughs> last time I checked is about winning and losing. No 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 no. It's about getting our work in. Guys getting innings in. Guys getting okay. That's that's when I knew that maybe the the end was near. Skip. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. when it all kind of dawned on me that it's it's different now. Well, but yeah, you're right. Winning. I mean, that's, winning, Pete is a part of development. I don't this mm-hmm. is where they are losing it in the player development department in the minor leagues is winning is a part of development. You got to teach guys how to win. You can you can develop all the players that you want to, but if they are not winners, you are not going to win. There's right. winners you, and there's losers yeah. and there's fence straddlers. And that's yep. the type of people you got to find out who those winners are cuz that's where you win championships. Yeah, and you know, Skip, it's funny. I, I never understood why you don't develop bench players, why you don't develop closers. They always want to develop starters. They always want to let the the, the nine prospects are going to play. Why don't you Why don't you have two guys that maybe can run, or maybe just have just you know just pop? Why don't you develop them as as, as bench players? They never do that. Right. They never develop. You know, they never develop long relievers. They never develop left-handed specialists. Right, you know they they make they make them into it at the big league level, and that's like you're saying they never teach winning. And my dad will say that all the time. How do you not teach winning? Right, that should be and that should be. If you have a chance to win the game, well, I, you've said it a thousand times. We've had you know the patented. All right, boys, we've got to have a meeting, and we sit down, and it was the patented. Is the beer taste better when you win? Yep. <laughs> the food tastes better when you win. Yep. You feel better when you win. Yep. So why don't we just start winning? And and you're one thousand percent right. But they don't want to do that, and I don't understand why they don't. I don't either. I'm, I mean, it's if you're if you're if you're if you're in a minor league system, you want you like you said, you want winners. Develop two bench guys. Hey, listen, I don't know if you're going to be good enough as an everyday player, but you know what, you can run. Hey, you're just going to pinch hit, come in, play defense, and you know what, you have guys. That, okay, this is a role going in. And I remember that's another thing. It's you know you always had an open door policy. When I manage, my door's open. You want to come in? You want to talk about whatever? Come on in. You might not like the truth what I'm going to tell you, but come in. We can talk about whatever you want to do. And you know now now if you know if they make a move and it may be you know they may not you know they may think you're mad. Well, they shut their door. They you know they want to run. They don't want to talk to you about it. You try to talk the next day. Oh well, here you got to call the farm director and talk to him about it. Well, you did. You made it, didn't you? Didn't you do it? You know what I mean? It's it's and and, and that's you know like I said, that's going back to Karen. But no, I agree with you. I think they should. You know, winning should be a big part of 
you know, especially once you get to, you know, double A and triple A. I mean, why wouldn't you want to win? Right. Right. You know, I mean, I, I get the development. I know these guys got to play and, you know, they got millions of dollars and they, yeah, but you know what? Seventh, eighth, and ninth, let your managers manage. I mean, I, Skip, I never knew as a manager what kind of manager I was. I knew what I wanted to be, but I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, the difference in, in when I managed, and let's say you managed, you managed the way that you wanted to. When I managed, I couldn't hit and run if I wanted to. I couldn't pinch it. I couldn't, you know, put this guy in or, or, or bun or, you know, I couldn't do all those things because, you know, the minute you do that, you're, you know, you're getting called to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's crazy. I mean, it's, and then it makes you question, it, am I, do I really know what I'm talking about here? I mean, I played for a long time. Maybe I don't know baseball. And yeah, then, you do. You know, you get reassurance from people. Yeah, you're right. You just, you know, like, it's just not, they don't give a crap about women. And I could, my dad could never, never, never understand that. I remember getting calls, well, what happened in the nice? You know, we, 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 you know, in Bristol, my first two years, we stunk. And we didn't, you know, because they took everybody to Kannapolis because it was so close. So we had no bullpen. I remember we gave up like, I don't know, seven or eight in the ninth, and we lost. And then the next night, we gave up seven. He goes, well, what the hell's going on there? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, why don't you take the pitcher, the pitcher out? I said, Dad, I couldn't. He's a prospect. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I, I couldn't take him out. He goes, well, fire the pitching coach, for Christ's sake. I can't, <laughs> I can't fire the pitching coach. He goes, well, fire somebody. That can't happen to you. And then you explain it to him, and then he just kind of shakes his head like, is that really what's and I'm dead? That's really what's going on here. I mean, you you can't bring a guy in. You know, if this guy's got to pitch a clean inning, I mean, you can't you can't take him out of the game unless he's <laughs> you know thirty or forty pitches, and then you have to take him out, and then you can't put a prospect in because they got to start a clean inning. So you got to bring in somebody <laughs> that's a filler that you know may throw eighty poo up there, and next thing you know it, you're down by seven. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, Pete, I'm I'm still here, man. I tell you, I, look, man, you love baseball, and this is this has been educational for all you listeners out there. You've been listening to Pete Rose Jr., and you have so much enthusiasm, and have shared so many experiences, so much knowledge of the game, how you've lived it, and how you've learned from Ricky, and 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 learned from your daddy. And just your 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 passion for the game just is it's just overwhelming to 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 the to the listeners and to me. I, I've learned so much in this past hour of listening to you and Ricky talk about the reminiscing of of, of what baseball was thirty years ago, and and to think about to talk to your dad and go back to six the the, the early sixties when he started, which would be thirty years before. And one thing I want to end on with your dad is one of the most exciting things of all the statistics that he has and all the records that he has broken and set and that he owns. And, and uh, our, our own Hank Aaron here in Mobile mm-hmm. said one time that the triple is the most exciting play in the game. And, you know, your daddy with the head first slide, it just wasn't, you know, uh, stretching a single into a double with the head first slide like you talked about wanting to do on your first at bat. And that would have been amazing. And it would have been – your mm-hmm. daddy would have loved that. But your daddy back in uh, – they called it the D-League in 1961. And I followed his stats in my, you know, my entire life. And, and your daddy had 30 triples his second year in, in minor leagues. Ooh. And that, that's unheard of, Pete. You want to hear, you want to hear the, the kicker to that story? That was in Tampa. He hit 30 triples that year. He hit two home runs, and they were both inside the park home wow, runs. Wow, I on did the same not night. know that. Oh my gosh! That's, 
Oh yeah. no. Two, two inside. <laughs> I think he had twenty doubles that year. He had thirty triples. He was with the Tampa Tarpons, and because I, I remember asking about him, he's like Pete. I hit two homers that year, and they were both inside the park home runs, wow. and they were both on the same night. And you know, they say that that uh, uh, Mickey Mantle and, and Whitey Ford, I think, gave your daddy the name Charlie Hustle. But yep. hey, I tell you what, running those bases like he did in that league, that was Charlie Hustle right there before they named him. I guarantee you that. But but I, you know, I, it's it's it, it's funny because you know, people ask me on what kind of teacher, what kind of you know coach, what. He was so unorthodox on how he did stuff, but I remember the night. The night, and this is—I'll leave you with this, and you—you'll be amazed at this. I re, and and to be honest with you, before I even before I even leave, you have no idea on what gold that you get to talk to on a weekly basis. Because I told him, and and I was so glad, Skipper. You know, I talked about that. It was so glad to hear his voice. You know, last week and and talking about my son and everything else, but people don't realize what this guy has done, not only for me, but players that I played with that I'm sure if you talk to him now, guys, uh, uh, Ron Plemons, Rob Lukacek, uh, Scott Sapicki, Leo Tejada, Clemente Alvarez, um, you know, Ed Smith, Scott, I mean, the list will go on on what he's done for them, not only as a baseball player, but off the field is like a man is like a, you know, a, a good person, you know, the, the, the stuff that he would teach you and you, you got gold, man, because you can, I mean, and I told him, I said, if my son has a chance to play for, for him, whether it's a day or an hour or a week or a month or whatever, it's just nothing but a bonus because I, I experienced it. And, you know, it's great to reminisce with him and, but you have gold, man. It's, it's, it's so good to finally get back in touch with him and talk to him and reminisce about it. But, I mean, it's just so much that you can learn from him because he's a you know, he's a lot like my dad. He's a knowledge. He's a he's a baseball knowledge, just a, a walking encyclopedia. And he knows he's been there. He's been in the fire. You know, he can talk about base running. Talk about outfield. He can talk about hitting. He can talk about infield play. He can talk about pitching. I don't know how he does it, but he can talk about pitching because he's you know he's he's been in the fire. But um, you know, I wanted to say that for all your listeners to understand on what you know what you have in in in, in Rick and. You know what he's what he's meant to so many people, especially me. You know, but the guys I played with, um, you know, with the White Sox. But you know, back to my dad is and and two different styles of teaching to where, you know, my dad's never been in a slump. My dad's really never made errors. My ne- my dad's never really struggled. Well, so he'll kind of say things and kind of do things. I remember I always had to hit my dad in the chest playing playing catch. I hated it as a kid. I understand what it, what it, what it does for you and what it what it meant to me as a player. But I remember the the night he broke the record, we would always walk out to the to the field together. So we walk out. He would this is in Riverfront. He would put his bats and his helmet in the rack. I would walk down, grab a ball out of the umpire's bag. There was two there were two ways to get on the field in the dugout in Cincinnati. So you know I'd wait for him to look down and he'd give me the he'd give me the head nod. So, now mind you, there's. 60,000 people in Cincinnati. This place is packed. You go back and watch it. So he gives me the head nod, and I step out on the field. The place absolutely erupts. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Well, I go to, I go to look up and, and throw down there. I, he's not down there. I'm out there by myself. So now every I'm, so I'm 15 years old, so now I'm thinking, everybody's cheering for me. Like, this is, this is nerve-wracking. Like, what's going on here? So then he finally walks out, and the place goes up even higher as far as the volume standing just people going nuts so whenever you played like i said you had to hit him in the chest so i remember the first <laughs> the first ball i threw 
20 feet over his head. I airmailed it. And now I'm, 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 I'm devastated. Like I'm dead. So he must've knew something. So he had a, a, a ball in his back pocket and I swear to God, he threw one back to me at about a thousand. And if I didn't catch it, it would have went right through me. So I caught it. Now, once he did that, now my knees are shaking. I'm 15 years old. So now the ball's in the back of my hand. I think I, the next one I threw like a 15 footer, it short hopped, it went down. He just kind of shook his head, whatever. So we went back in the dugout and I'm devastated. I'm, 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 I'm my head's down. I'm like, I'm devastated. So he comes walking down. He goes, he goes, Junior, what's wrong? I said, Dad, I just screwed up. I just, I, I big. He goes, Pete, listen. I wanted you to feel like what it's like to play in six in front of sixty thousand people. Keep your head wow. up. Gives me a gives me a knot and walks down. So those are the lessons that I learned from him. Like you, 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 you look back as a as, as like I'm fifty three, but just like that, it's like. Okay, so now if I'm playing in front of a thousand people in Sarasota, I'm not nervous. At uh, 15, I'm out there in front of everybody. People going crazy. The, the the life lessons that he had taught, as far as you know, hit him in the chest. You got to play pepper every day. Um, you know, you got to pay attention. You know, all that stuff. And the same thing with Skip, I can say, but it's just in a different in a different aspect to where, you know, he taught me more baseball than let's say my dad did. But my dad you know, would make me figure things out as a kid. Like we get in the cage, I got to hit 10 line drives to left field from the middle down. If we didn't, we were out. Well, I didn't want to get out of the cage because I'm hit with my dad. Well, how do I do that? Well, you figure it out. So then, you, you know, you're using your hands, you're doing, so it, it's, it's, I got the kind of the best of both worlds. Cause I played for a lot of really good managers. You have one there that, you know, I think of the world of like one of my favorites ever. And it got off to a rocky start, but like I said, when Papa Bear came down and got kicked out, which was, I don't know, it was, it was a common occurrence. He didn't like the scum of the earth, just like I didn't like the scum of the earth when I managed, <laughs> but he was probably a little bit more on me to where, you know, you could take something and he was right there. But just, a, you know, that type of stuff. But And my dad was different in that aspect because he was just, a, you know, he. It's, I guess it's the older school way to teach. You know, it's all about barrels. It's always about playing pepper. It's all about, but just little things as a kid. And it's like, you know, and then you go to one aspect. Now you're talking about fundamentals to where, you know, I don't think if you ask my dad to tell you what a fundamental is, he probably wouldn't be able to tell you what one is. He could do it, but he probably couldn't tell you how to do it. You know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, we're talking about the game back then and now. We don't have guys like Skip. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in the game where I can sit there and tell you this is what you do. You know, my dad would have been just stay. Yeah, you know, we're gonna do first and thirds. What are those? Just do first and thirds. I'll be in my office. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so, but no, it's like I said, I'm gonna try to get him on here, but uh, you know, to talk to you guys. I think you guys would have a blast with him. But you, you got gold, man. I will tell you what, I can listen to him talk. I mean, it's Skip. I can listen to him talk about baseball. It takes me right back to '91. I feel like I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the clubhouse. I'm either getting yelled at or. You know, we're having a meeting. I remember one time, you know, he called me in the office. I drove a white Mercedes, and he goes, hey, listen. He goes, I, so I live with a guy named Tom, Tommy Helms Jr., so his dad was my dad's roommate, played with the Reds. So Skip, comes, he calls me and said, can you stay away from the high schools? I'm like, Skip, what are you talking about? He's like, I got a, I got a call that your, your goddamn white Mercedes is cruising the high schools every day at 3 o'clock. And I looked at Skip, and I said, Skip. I said, my flip time is at 2.15. I'm at the ballpark by 2 o'clock every day at least. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, okay, keep up the good work. And then I walk <laughs> out, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And then I, I, I went home that night, and Tuck, 
that's what we call Tommy Jr. Tuck, Tuck, are you cruising? Him and Ray Durham were cruising the high schools because Ray was dating some high school girl, so they would take my car. And it was, you know, but that's that's the stuff I'm talking about by <laughs> Skip looking out for me. He called me in, and I just, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, Skip, my flip time's at 2.15. And he just looks at me and goes, okay, keep it up. Good work. Get out of here. Get dressed. Priceless. That's good Priceless stuff, Rick Patterson that's right good there. good stuff. Again, Pete, it was, it's, it's been amazing. It's been really amazing. We it, Every minute has, has been worth it tonight, and we're going to have you on again, and if there's any way we can get your daddy, I'll even tell him about the jumbo, base, jumbo baseball card I have of him that lists his, him as five foot one inches tall on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, man. Like right. I said, anytime. It's a pleasure. I, it's a blast, and like I said, I, you know, anytime – you guys need somebody you want to talk baseball hey just let me know man, it's my pleasure Pete, man, you did a great job yeah great you did, job. Buddy. We, you. we loved every no, minute of it buddy thank you so much yeah, thank you for, you got it thanks for having me you guys have a good night skip i'll talk to you okay call all, me. Right, all right buddy all right now pete okay all right, buddy. take care all right, all right bye. 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 ricky i tell you what this this is that was tremendous we went we went deep and deep and deep into the game yes we did anybody that that that, that wants to listen to some good baseball like I said, knowledge, experience from both of you, and 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 he's a lot younger. He remembers more now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, and and to come up with with his daddy, and, and you know, and the older people get, the less they know about Pete Rose, and and I, I, I'm it's like, what did Bernie say last week? I love Pete Rose. Right. I love Pete Rose. I love Pete Rose. And look, arguably one of the greatest baseball players of all time. You know, and when I say arguably. Uh, it's because of these these naysayers out there about the Hall things of Things that he did that then yeah, nobody yeah, else on, was going to do. Come on, come yeah. on, you know. But but either way, you know, his son his son is is a product of him. Yeah. And he really is. And uh and it, it was fun hard, to talk to. Really fun to talk to. Enthusiastic and, and educational was tonight. And that that, that was and I'm so glad that you were able to get him get him on and y'all reminisce about Thirty years ago, thirty-two years ago, has it been nineteen ninety-one? <laughs> but, but anyway, we 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 talked some good stuff about the high schoolers earlier tonight. Nick Wiggins, our producer, thank you so much, Nick, for once again hanging in there with us, big man. And and but we did, you know, when you have Pete Rose Jr. on and him talking and delivering that kind of conversation, it's it's got to be good for the show. It's got to be good for the show and for the history of it. I think that you're going to have a lot of people that listen in. They hear that it's going to be passed around. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good. Well, you know, and uh, there was some some South Alabama's had a, had some struggles. Bishop State's out, University of Mobile's out, Spring Hill's out, and you know, let's get ready for some NCAA baseball. But you're gonna be you're not gonna be with us. But we're, we're well, gonna... you might have to go to uh, the travel ball. We'll get a lot of <laughs> listeners. And... Yeah, that's not the best subject in the world. But uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it. So anyway, we want to thank everybody for for joining us on. The Batter's Box with Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson on WNSP Now. And join us each and every week. And, Ricky, we're signing out.